Hey everybody, welcome in to the I Want to Know podcast. I am your host, Greg Jones, and I am leading you on this inquisitive departure into audio wisdom. Today I have a very fun guest for you. Her name is Lorna Adams. She's a psychic and afterlife communicator, and we talk about all kinds of things from upcoming earthquakes and events to astral travel and projections, talking with celebrities, talking with her spirit guides, talking with dead relatives, connecting with the spirit guides of people that are alive, and we delve into her background, how this all got started. It's a very interesting story. At the end, she gives me a reading. We communicate with my dead grandfather, grandmother, uh, another grandfather on the other side, some other deceased relatives. It's actually really interesting. Some of it gave me the chills. And to one-up this podcast, I asked my mother to come on at the very end. She listened to the reading, and I wasn't able to validate all the facts. I wasn't quite sure because I was really young when my grandfather died and didn't know what it was like before I was born, of course. So she came on to confirm or deny some of the facts she talked about in the reading. So it's actually very interesting. Some of them were eerily accurate. So make sure you stay tuned and listen to the end so you can hear my mom talk about that kind of stuff. So make sure you stay tuned for the end. You can get in contact with Lorna by going to Lorna Adams. It's L-O-R-N-A Adams.com. She also has a book out called They Are With Us, Advice from Spirit on Changing Your Life. And you can get that at her website or get it on Amazon. And you know what to do if you're going to buy something from Amazon. Just click on the banner at the IWantToKnowShow.com front page. Will not cost you anything extra. Same great deals. Just kicks a couple of percentage points back this direction. Helps me keep the show free for you guys. So please, please, please help out. Also, thank you everyone that has been telling your friends, your family. A lot of uh, new listeners, a lot of great feedback. I appreciate it so much. Please keep help spreading the word. I'm not too proud to beg. Anyways, we started this interview without a formal introduction. I was rolling. She was talking. We were conversing. And all of a sudden, I realized we were in an interview. So... Breaking right into the conversation on the I Want to Know podcast, it's me, it's Lorna Adams. Enjoy. First of all, let's clarify this. You are, and correct me if I'm wrong, a psychic and afterlife communicator. Right. And a lot of people call that a medium. Okay. And, you know, we, they say psychic medium. And really, to be honest, a lot of people don't know what, what a medium is. So that's why I think afterlife communicator, for me personally, it just clarifies it. So if there's someone that's passed... I can call them in, and if they come forward, which they usually always do, mm -hmm. then we can speak to them. Okay. Um, and then, now that that's clarified, the, the funny question I received was, uh, a lot of people, when they hear psychic, they think of Miss Cleo from back in the 90s. Um, how, how untrue and how not Miss Cleo are you? I don't, I don't remember Miss Cleo. Oh, she was... And I'm, I'm not young, so uh, maybe I was out of that loop. What it, was she? It, she was uh, the infomercial psychic lady who, you know, oh, call Miss Cleo. Horrible impression. Oh. <laughs> and you, you, all, the, all the commercials were, oh, my boyfriend, what about him? Oh, he's going to shoot you. It's like, what? You know, they're all like <laughs> super crazy readings. And, and then she got kicked out of town because they found out how full of crap she was. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So Well, that's. That's, you know, that's unfortunately, that's the stereotype. Um, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. So I don't, uh, I don't do any of that. And um, once in a great while, there is the occasion 
that spirit says you don't need to know that right now. Okay. Um, and so that'll happen in a reading, you know, and again, it's like, so I kind of think, gosh, don't shoot the messenger, which just <laughs> happens to be me, you know? Right. Um, but I'm, I, I'm probably the complete opposite of poor Miss Cleo, wherever she is. God bless her. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think people like that, I know they've, they've done a lot of damage to this, uh, this profession. There's a lot of good psychics out there. Yeah. Uh, I'll have you know, rest at ease, Miss Cleo is now doing voice acting, so don't you worry. Oh, good. Yeah, she's voice sure. acting for video games, so oh. thank, thank you, Google. How do you know that? Uh, you know, when I when I saw that question, somebody emailed me that question, I saw it and I thought, where is she now? And it popped up that she's doing uh, video game voiceover work. So That is hilarious. Yeah, who would have known? Um, okay, so back to you. How did you first know that you were uh, talking to someone that had passed? Well, that first happened. I started talking with my spirit guides when I was 13, 14. Okay. And um, uh, when I was 19, my sister's boyfriend, who was uh, like a brother to me, uh, was killed in a motorcycle accident. And so that was really, you know, we were close. He was like my big brother, you know. Right. And um, so about three days later, I, I had been communicating with my guides. So this was not very, I wasn't like, Oh my God, this is so freaky. You know, it's just, to me, it's like normal. Yeah. And uh, he came through. And um, so I quickly got a pen and a piece of paper and started documenting what he was saying. He w- wanted me to pass on some messages for my sister, uh, to my sister rather, uh, that he was okay and that sort of thing. Um, and so sometimes people say, well, how do you know it was him? And I say, well, you know, if you're spouse calls you on the phone how do you know it's them you know and not your boss i mean you just <laughs> know it's just it's just a knowing it's the energy's different everything's different so um that was um that was the the first time and so um thank goodness i haven't had to go to a lot of funerals um but funerals can be very tricky because the people the the person that has passed they are right there, right next to me. Mm. So, uh, and they want to be heard and they want to be acknowledged. Yeah. So, you know, um, to let everybody know that they're okay. So that can be a little tough, you know, that sort of information. I, I don't like to, um, you know, club people over the head with this information, <laughs> especially at a sensitive time or a sensitive mo- moment. It's too intrusive, sure. I think, you know. So, but that's how I, that's how I started. Um, that's how it started. I, I really didn't do anything. Okay. When, when you're at a funeral, um, are the, are the spirits or correct me if I'm using the wrong terminology, but are they more talkative because everyone's gathered and it's like, Hey, just let everybody know I'm good. Or, yeah. you know, is it cause they haven't passed on to something somewhere else or. Oh yeah, actually both. Um, the last funeral I went to, uh, was a good friend of mine, um, lost her son who was um about 30 years old and it was really awful and there he was up on the podium area um i think at one point was he was sitting up there on the stage you know of this i'm not sure you wouldn't call it a, a stage in a chapel but kind of behind the casket sure and he was there and i thought oh no 
why, why are you doing this? And so I really couldn't, you know, my poor friend uh, was devastated by the loss. So that was not the time. And I think I told her about three months later. Um, but they want to be acknowledged. And, um, you know, many times I think most of us have heard that rather cliche thing of uh, event rather where your grandmother passed and you woke up in the middle of the night and there she was standing at the end of your bed. Right. And then people say, and then at that time we got the call and she had just passed. So sometimes they just, um, especially it seems seemingly, I don't know why this pattern exists, but it does exist for me about 30 days after a person passes. um, They're very much here still in this world. They're not stuck. Mm-hmm. They're just saying, hey, I want to be acknowledged. I'm okay. Everything's fine. So it, it takes about 30 days for that to happen? Um, no, the first 30 days after they've passed. Oh, just the first 30 days. Yeah, 30. they seem to be very active. Okay. And um, it's just a process as you leave the physical body. There's a certain, the guides call it like an orientation um, that we go through, you know, I, I believe that we um, all came from the same place and we all return to the same place. So, and our soul is very much alive and well. Okay. Um, ha- are you able to talk to uh, people who are not related to the person? You know, could I ask you to talk to Walt Disney or something like that? Oh, <clears throat> that's interesting. Um, an interviewer asked me about Donald Trump the other night. That, <laughs> was really, that was really interesting. I thought, wow. Um, you know, yeah, I, I would just have to, um, what I do is um, I sort of take a, a moment and ask that person to come forward and um, or ask the spirit guides to come forward and, and, and speak about that person. Um, that's a really good question. Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it kind of depends on, I guess, how they're feeling, basically. Yeah, and I'm happy to do, um, you know, sometimes people um, ask for predictions and that sort of thing. And um, as long as it, my spirit guides give me the information and they say it's okay to pass on, then I pass it on. Is um, I don't know if you're aware of, I mean... You know, we, people call it like this shift, planetary shift of energy um, that's been going on uh, for a while. And things are changing and will be changing. But and I also add, you know, it's not like the movies. It's sure. not like a big tsunami comes and wipes out California. But they, they do tell me. The guy, my guides do tell me there there are and will be definite um, land changes. So, in this one, uh, really wasn't a dream; it was a message. Um, they showed me the a map of the United States, as anyone would see, you know, on the wall. Right. And they showed me where there would be some land changes. Some land that is um, above water will be below water. And also the opposite of that. Oh, good. So California is screwed. <laughs> so is Florida. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's less of a loss, but you know. Oh, Florida, yeah. yeah <laughs> interesting. It's, it's really interesting. And the other night, uh, about a week or two ago, they were talking about 
you know, um, I'm from California originally, so they were talking about the Northern California, not only the San Andreas Fault, which is so famous, but um, real, uh, very distinct, different fault lines mm -hmm. and what would be happening. Um, uh, very intense uh, information that they were passing on at the time. And that doesn't happen to me every night. And, and do you get, you know, time frames like, hey, in the next week or is it just this is going to happen at some point? Yeah, the latter. This is going to happen at some point. And um, there, it's interesting because energetically, there is no fear around this. Um, you know, it's the one thing that's constant is change. And um, there are, seem to be some really large changes um, coming up. Uh, but they also add, whenever I say that, they say, it won't be fast. It's not, again, it's not like a movie. Okay. It's not like, oh, look, California just broke off into the ocean. <laughs> you know, um, it's going to be, so there's no panic. There's no hoarding of supplies. They're, they just, they're like, oh, gosh, that's just like out of a movie. You just don't do that. <laughs> so we're not going to be in an island next week. No, there's just no need. You know, um, I don't know if you listen to like um, George Nuri or any of the conspiracy you know, conspiracists, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the chemtrails and oh yeah, um, all all that sort of you know that whole uh, ball of wax. Which I think all that information is fascinating. So there's just a lot of different weird things going on. Interesting. Interesting. I would have never thought they would give you you know weather and and earthquake and that sort of thing. Yeah, the the last one I had with the Northern California, it was very interesting because it was above San Francisco. And um, it was almost like I was in a class with other people. And, you know, various spirit guides, some of them are extremely serious and very somber. They're very evolved souls. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of joking around. Sure. And then other spirit guides are just, they're just known for their humor and they're just hilarious, you know. And uh, it, they're not making fun of us down here. Um, but I, they, I like to say they're laughing with us, really, not at us. So That's what I tell people when I'm making fun of them. So hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, have, well, first of all, how, how do you know, and you, kinda, you sort of touched on this earlier, how do you know exactly who you're talking to? If you're uh, doing a reading for someone, are you able to say like, oh, this is definitely your grandma, or is it someone you're related to, or how can you get this across right it's um a lot of times and again this is this is my process this is how it works for me it's really hilarious people will say well i want to come i lost my brother you know five years ago or whatever and the grandparents grandma and grandpa will elbow people out of the way <laughs> and get to the front of the line their energy is so strong, and, and some of the client may look at me like I'm nuts, and they say, well, I never even knew my grandmother. I don't, what, you know, what do you, that doesn't matter. You're still blood. You're still family. Sure. Grand, grandma was around when you were a baby, as she, when she was in spirit, you know. Um, so I don't have a lot of control because I tell you what, if grandpa or grandma wants to talk first, they have the stage. And then we can get to, you know, your brother, Joe, who passed five years ago. Um, so it, 
it's there's a lot of humor in it because it, I, although I know it's difficult, of course, when we lose someone in the physical, you know that that can be very traumatic. But when they come across to me, the people that have have passed, there's just a lot of humor involved, and they give funny messages. They try to get the people who are their loved ones who are still on this wacky planet. <laughs> they try to get us to lighten up. You know, um, I'm not dead. I'm just sort of over here. You know, um, but it's difficult to lose someone. Sure. You know? Oh yeah. So I sort of have one foot in this world and one foot in the other world. It's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, um, and it's it's uh, it's very interesting. So to answer your question, I don't choose the pecking order; they do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And look I out just, for grandma and grandpa. Yeah, I just go with the flow, and and you know, as far as like, how do I know who it is? That's another good question. Is um, they will give me the person that I'm talking to on the other side very, very distinct characteristics. I had a man the other day, and the lady kept saying, "No, no, I don't know who that is." No, and it was this big Italian guy, just a sweetheart, um, loving, and it turned out to be. It took her a while to remember. It was her uncle. Oh. And I said, he's from back east. He's like one of these big Goomba, you know, but he's just, a, <laughs> he's a lovey. He's just a sweetheart and he misses you. And she said, finally, oh, that's my Uncle Sal. And, you know, I couldn't get up, move on with the reading because Sal was like, no way. You've got to get her to let her know I'm here. That's funny. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Give me something else to work with. Give me some other characteristics so she'll remember you, you know? Sure. Uh, it's interesting. So names come across sometimes, but not always. And it's interesting that, um, you know, names are um, all fine and well, but they're very tricky on the other side. They'll come across and give me very extremely distinct information about them that the, the client knows and mm -hmm. there's no way I would know. Okay. A picture in the home, a piece of clothing, a particular chair. Um, so really a lot of detail comes across and um, it just validates for the client that, yeah, you know, grandma, grandpa, brother, they are okay. That's always nice. Yeah, it is. It's nice confirmation. Yeah. Um, have you ever been... I guess the best term would be, have you ever been haunted by someone that you've had a, you know, a, a connection with spiritually and, and they, they didn't want to hang up the phone, so to speak? Um, well, not really. Be, I do um, work a, a, a fair amount on protection. Okay. It's very important. And the only protection I work with is the Holy Spirit. Um, that's, you know, always the white light. And so I do my prayer and meditation even before you and I talk. And when I'm done, I close myself down, my energy. Um, because what all of us are, are giant fields of energy. And you may have experienced this. Um, a lot of people do. You're at home and it's like the morning, maybe on a Saturday, and you're like, okay, I've got to run some errands. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a pretty day. And you get in the car and all of a sudden, you know, somebody cuts you off or you're annoyed and, you know, you're like, what happened? I was just in a good mood. And yeah. 
more times than not, I'm really susceptible to that. That's really awful. And I'm just like, you know, road rage. I'm like, what in the world? So what we do, and since we are our energy fields, we're picking up other people's junk, energetic, emotional junk that we don't want. So um, I work a lot at, at uh, protecting myself. So when you and I are done, I will do a clearing of the energy that we've talked about. Um, thank anybody who's come through from the other side. And I, in my mind, I turn on my neon sign that says close, <laughs> you know, uh, and you can visualize it any way you like. And as far as protecting yourself, you know, anybody listening to this, you can do this. This is not, you know, magic. There's not a certain way to do it. But really ask, you know, your guides, your angels, Holy Spirit, whoever you believe in, um, to, if there's anybody out there who's annoying or driving crazy or looking for trouble, to absolutely stay, keep them away from me. Mm -hmm. And I want to have a good day, a positive day, and um, I call on my guides and angels to help me um, help me do that. How do you do, is that, is that essentially kind of like a, a prayer, asking them to do things, or how does that yeah. work? Yeah, and there is, you know, there there are no there are no wrong words. It's not like, oh, well, Greg, you did it wrong. You know? <laughs> There's no. I don't have the code. Right, right, right. There's no code. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so no, you can just do it. And a lot of times I forget, and I'm like, say, shopping or something, and I'm just like, ah, oh, just annoyed. And I thought, oh gosh. And so I'll just take a moment and um, you can see yourself in, um, you know, a bubble of white light, white golden light of protection from other people's, you know, perhaps energetic uh, junk stuff, whatever. Uh -huh. um, you can make it a white suit that you zip up the front as a protection, see yourself shielded. Anything you like, anything that resonates with you in your mind and is easy to call upon. Uh, it, visualization is, is very powerful in manifesting things like protection. Um, because I, you know, I think all of us, we have our own stuff. I don't want anybody else's stuff. Sure. You know, had an argument with your husband or, you know, you're depressed or, you know, it, we just... It, we're not doing ourselves any favors by going around picking that kind of stuff up. Yeah, we have enough of that going on, that's for sure. Yeah, we, we don't have to go looking for it. <laughs> yeah. So you don't ever, you know, in the middle of the night, you're not getting uh, communications or anything because you've, you know, theoretically put out that close sign? or. Um, sometimes I do. Um, do you know what astral travel is? Yeah, I was actually uh, just researching that last week because somebody was telling me I should do a show on, on astral projections. Yeah, it's fascinating, and the funny thing is most of us leave our bodies at night. The uh, sleep state, that state of unconsciousness, is the closest we come in this life to, um, I would say, death. I don't really believe in death, but, you know, um, we leave our bodies. We go to the other side. We meet up with uh, various loved ones. Um, a lot. That's why a lot of times, you know, the old saying, sleep on it. Uh, that that's be, because our guides and angels during that sleep time, because it is a quiet time, not only electronically, 
you know, things are quiet. It's nighttime. Yeah. I promise you it's always between 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and so that's a great time where our minds have stopped grinding. They're quiet and spirit can say, hey, let's talk about this or, hey, you know, this might be coming up. Um, uh, keep an eye open for this. Sometimes we remember the communication. Sometimes we don't. Um, but I've been doing this long enough. So when I'm closed, when I'm done with my work, because this is my work, I'm done. Stores closed. I, yeah, I don't go around reading people's minds in the grocery store. Because <laughs> who cares? Right. <laughs> and what am I going to do? You know, saying. Hey, I know you don't know me, but... <laughs> yeah, tap her on the shoulder. Hey, by the way... Yeah, your father's standing next to you, <laughs> you know? I hope that doesn't creep you yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, it, that's just not for me. It's It, it seems invasive, and sure. um, I would never want to upset anyone, you know, so... So that, that brings up a question. You're talking about yeah. dreaming and astral projections. Why is it that... 98% of the time, I have no idea what I dreamt about or even if I had a dream, but sometimes I have super vivid and realistic dreams. That's astral travel. So the times that are very realistic, that's the astral travel. Right. A lot of times we do astral travel. Um, it can be like two years and you'll still remember that event and yeah. that, so, that so-called dream. That's the difference between a dream is like, well, you know, there was an elephant and then I was in a garden picking roses. And it's like, you know, it's this random kind of spewing of the subconscious. Yeah. Um, but like astral acid travel, trip. yeah. Uh, um, and I would, I would love to hear that if you do do a show on, um, on astral, uh, travel projection. Yeah. Um, cause most of us do it. And the best way I always suggest people write stuff down and I, I know it's tough if it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning and you just kind of scribble it down, but, um, it could be something important and it could be something definitely to help you. You mean write it down after it happens? Yeah. Or sometimes my guides, when I was younger, they used to wake me up in the middle of the night and insist that I would write these sentences down. And then as I progressed, it was, I was able to do it during the day mm -hmm. and I would have a whole page of um, really interesting, serious, complex, universal stuff. You know, it, yeah, now, now I'm even more interested in the actual travel stuff. Yeah. Um, it, and it's interesting. Because, um, what, what was your experience with that? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, I had one, and I don't want to get too, uh, I don't know, gross. I, there's one that I definitely still remember from junior high. No, junior? I think it was high school. There was, and I won't go into full detail, there was, a, there was a girl I had a huge crush on, and certain activities happened in that dream. But it was one of those things that was so realistic that I woke up and thought, I had to convince myself that it did not happen. Yep. And earlier this week, in fact, uh, Monday we had our, we were talking about our, my other podcast, The Charity Strike. We had an interview on Monday with a guy on our show. And that whole night, I kept waking up in the middle of the night thinking that I forgot to edit something out of the interview, which is weird because that show is live. It doesn't get edited. It's not like this one. And when I woke up in the morning, I had to convince myself that there was no editing to be done to the point where I actually had to get out my rundown and look at everything we did from the show the night before. And it's still very vivid, the dream I had about needing to edit out the interview and, and parts of the interview. It's very strange. 
Interesting. So there was really nothing to edit out. No. You know, we, we had this interview with this guy. He was a former pro wrestler. It was a great interview. There was one point in the show where his Skype connection cut out. And yeah. um, so, you know, we do it live and then we post it as a podcast afterwards. And so before I post it as a podcast, I did cut out that very small part where the Skype cut out and we reconnected. And so you can't tell when you're listening to the downloaded podcast. Um, and, and I did that. Those are the first thing I did as soon as the show was over and there was no problems. But for some reason, I woke up a couple times. And then when I woke up in the morning, you know, finally woke up, it was like, oh, crap, I got to edit this out. Hold yeah. on. What do I need to edit out? Right. And you know what's interesting, Greg, is that sometimes it's a um, a premonition. So that's why with this, they wouldn't let me off with this little league when I was, you know, starting to think about you in this baseball. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I'm like, what or what? Are you, what? And they're like, just write it down. So <laughs> it could be, it could be also something that's coming up in the future. Okay. Um, they don't necessarily. Um, differentiate because on the other side there is no time there is no space there's no time it's everything's happening in the now okay Um, it's not like yesterday so it some and they don't quite get that you know um a lot of times they'll encourage you know like during a reading you know gosh you know you should have left this job like two years ago there's a great job waiting for you and and I always say, I always tell him, you know, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, you don't have the electric bill to pay and the mortgage. <laughs> That's and, very true. You know, like, we're just like, you know, trying to do the best we can down here. Yeah. So sometimes they forget that, I think. <laughs> Interesting. What was the weirdest communication you've ever had, if you can remember? <clears throat> or if well, you're allowed to talk about it, I don't know. Oh, sure. Since you brought up the fascinating topic of astral projection yeah i um gosh i used to be in uh radio for commercial radio for about 23 years oh nice and and uh so um there was a actually it was one of my favorites merle haggard was coming to town and i lived in atlanta at the time i lived there for many years and and i thought and he was coming to like this hall type of place, you know, okay. in town, not like a, not, not like the Fox theater or something really cool like that. And I, and I was like, why, why would he do that? You know? And I was thinking about it before I went to sleep. So in my dream, I met up with Merle Haggard <laughs> and he said, you'll notice at every show I have a sponsor. Maybe it's, you know, uh, whiskey, you know, Jack Daniels, or maybe it's whatever. Sure. So he told me no matter how many people show up, if two people show up or 2000, I am guaranteed X amount. So I said, well, that's no, I understand. I understand it now. So the next day was a record day when all the record reps used to come in. Yeah. And I asked, I asked this one record guy, I said, you know, you know, I told him, I said, you know, Merle Hager was going to this place. I said, why would he do that? You know, because he's so, like, famous and could play a better venue. And the record guy told me exactly what Merle Haggard had told me in my dream. <laughs> it, my so-called dream, because I remember it like it was, oh, gosh, this is like, you know, 17 years ago. Yeah. Um, and he said, he told me those exact words. If he has a sponsor, he's a, got a guaranteed rate. 
Um, he doesn't care who shows up or who doesn't show up. Sure. That makes sense too. So yeah, and that was really, that was, that was, uh, really fascinating. Um, because he gave me this information that I didn't know. And then I woke up and I knew it. So yeah. How funny. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Uh, listener wanted me to ask you if you believe in heaven and hell. Oh, I believe there are certain dimensions um, I believe in parallel universes. Interesting. Um, I believe are there are different dimensions um, that are like what we what we would call hell. I think hell also exists right here on this planet each and every day sure. of what we do to each other and do to this planet. Um, so I like to believe in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I like. To to believe that my soul will return to you know a, um, that great place of, that I came from, um, but since this is a planet of dualities, you you we almost have to have the bad guys, the good guys, the black, the white, the you know the difference, the oh this is good, oh this is awful. It it's part of this planet. It's it's how this planet works. Yeah, it's how society thinks of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that to me, the the duality is a is a what I would call a universal law. Um, so I don't fire and brimstone. No, not really. Maybe not such a great place because you weren't such a great person. Yeah, I I think it's somewhere that that exists. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then this is more. Uh, most of my questions have been very geared towards the the afterlife communication, but. This one from a listener is really good. It's about the, the psychic part of it. Um, what kind of responsibility do you take, if any, for the choices that people make based on your readings? Well, having a reading with me is just one more piece of information. It is just one more tool in your toolbox. Okay. So if you have a toolbox, you have all sorts of you know, I'm thinking of the, what is that red truck that goes around and sells? Snap-on. Oh, yeah, the snap-on tool <laughs> Snap-on tools, right? So you don't have just like one wrench in there. You have all kinds of different tools. Having a reading that perhaps give you, gives you some insight, some validation is very important for a lot of people, some direction. Don't, don't live your life by what the guides tell you. You know, live it by what resonates within your heart and in your gut. You know, and in our gut, if we don't feel good something about, feel good about something, um, I always tell people you've got to follow that. I mean, I don't, I can't take responsibility um, for people's lives, and that's why um, in a reading, it's it's sort of funny because the guides will put the the ball, throw the ball back in your court, and ask a lot of rhetorical questions. Well, how do you feel about it? Mm -hmm. You know, they're not here to enable us because I've asked for the lottery numbers and they won't come <laughs> <them> to me. <laughs> That's not working out for you yet? And I'm like, why? Why, why not? So, yeah, I mean, they're here to, um, you know, they're sort of like parents overseeing us. And they're not going to take away the opportunity that we may or may not have to learn something. Just like you would with a child. If you had a toddler... You wouldn't go around covering every corner of your coffee tables with, you know, big towels and duct tape so the baby doesn't 
you know, hurt his head or something. Mm -hmm. And that's very much how spirit is. Um, we're to an extent greatly on our own as far as the learning process. Has anybody, I don't know, ever done anything illegal, dangerous based on what you've, you know, you've communicated to them? Gosh, not that I know of. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing that dramatic. And again, the way spirit, you know, um, comes across with the information, it's not like, yeah, you should do this. And I tell people too, you know, this, this reading that we're having, this is not written in stone because again, we go back to the umbrella of free will. So you can do whatever you want with this information that comes across. Sure. Yeah. Don't, I mean, uh, nobody, nobody has said like, you know, should I rob this bank? I mean, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you need to leave now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this Wells Fargo down the street, they're closed on Sundays. <laughs> No, yeah, go find someone else. <laughs> I'm not taking a part of that. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Um, that's pretty much all I have for you. I guess at this point, I'll 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 turn this over to you and let you you finish this, conduct this, if you will. Yeah, the one thing I like I do like to explain to people is um, about spirit guides and angels, and they say, are they the same? Which is a great question because it's all kind of this lofty invisible stuff and spirit guides i describe them as um our best friends on the other side that decided to stay on the other side while we incarnated once again into the physical body into this sometimes very challenging and difficult planet angels on the other hand are uh i call them god's helpers because uh he can't be everywhere at once And angels uh, have never and will never take a physical form. Um, They're very powerful. They're the stuff made of miracles. Uh, I think a lot of us have been through things, perhaps a car wreck or who knows what. And you look back and you say, how am I even alive? Sure. What what just like time stopped, which I believe in that. As well, time can be stopped. Really, um, and that is the. I've had many uh, um, experiences like that in my life, and I'm like, okay, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should be smushed right now. And so those are in, in those circumstances, uh, you don't have to call in angels because, you know, it's something that we're taken off guard um, uh, by, and they just swoop in, um, and angels. Uh, and then, of course, there's a hierarchy, you know, um, Archangel uh, Gabriel and um, Michael, and the list goes on and on. Um, so, uh, you know, if the if I said, well, you know, here's this uh, life coach, and you can just have him for free anytime you want, and he's got some pretty good information, I would think you would take advantage of that. Sure, yeah. So when people say... And spirit guides can be very subtle in their communication. So I describe spirit guides as a gut feeling, something in your heart, whether it's like a, I had a, a client go on a job interview and she was like, during the interview, she had this realization, like this place is so not for me. <laughs> I, I would hate working here. So um, those are really your guides passing on that information to you. So I always tell people, you know, listen to your your gut or listen to your heart. 
Um, don't ignore it. It's there for a reason. Um, we do tend to ignore it as human beings because we can be, myself included, stubborn. Yeah. Uh, we think we know what we know. And isn't it funny, though, in hindsight, I'm sure you can think of a situation, you go, why did I do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I knew I should know. I, I knew I, sh I had no business doing X, Y, Z, but I did it. So uh, those are your guides whispering, tapping you on the shoulder, you know. I know that um, I can tap into anybody's energy that's in your life. Okay. Anybody at work, uh, a friend, a nemesis, <laughs> uh, an ex-spouse. Um, it's it, anything, anybody. It doesn't matter. They can be here on this side. They can be on the other side. Okay. Uh, do I tell you or do I, uh, do I think? I mean, you how does this? You can just ask the question. And if when people say, some people come and they say, well, you know, what should I ask? Which is, you know, normal. Yeah, that, say, that's me right there. Yeah. I say, you know, if there's something in your life that you don't have peace about that's sort of bothering you, maybe, you know, it's like, gosh, I feel like I'm not on my right path and what am I doing? So that is always my suggestion. If there's something that is not giving you peace, hmm. you know, then you could ask about, um, I don't really need specifics. Okay. Um, you know, some people like to go on and on and on and, um, it, it's either, it works either way for me. Hmm. <laughs> so if, if it's a person, a relationship, um, if you feel like you're beating your head against the wall and this person won't listen, um, I can have a look at that. I, that's I look energetically at that person and say, kind of, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm getting. Okay. That's how I work. So anyway, shoot away with your questions. Okay. I mean, should I, uh, you know, feel free to direct me. Should I say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this person or I want to ask this person or should I just yeah. ask out loud or what, what, what yeah. should I do here? Oh, oh, yeah. Just ask out loud. So an example would be. Well, there's this girl in my work, and her name <laughs> is um, Nancy, and she's just always kind of, like, defensive and rude, and I'm not sure why. Can you look at her and tell me, is it me or is it something else? That's a typical question. Okay. Do people, I mean, obviously they do. What's, uh, what's a typical question that someone would ask about, you know, a, a deceased person, mom, grandma, brother, whatever? Um, they, uh, want to make sure they're okay. Uh -huh. They want to make sure that the, um, transition, the death process was not horrible. Okay. Um, a lot of times they want to know why. And many times they're, um, my guides say at this point in your life, uh, that question won't be answered. Um, it may be in 10 years. It may be when you pass. Um, so they just want to make sure that uh, they did right by them in their final days, even if they had to die in the hospital and they really wanted to die at home. So a lot of people feel guilty. Sure. They want that guilt relieved. And, and people on the other side have absolutely no attachment to that. you know. Um, and people carry these burdens around. They're very heavy on the heart. And they're like, I couldn't do it because the doctor what, insisted that he had to be in the hospital and you know, rock in a hard place and the person passes and 
you know, their loved one and they just feel so bad. Yeah. So I'm like, they're, and so those people come through and they're like, oh my gosh, don't worry about that. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. It, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah. Um, I have, I have two people in my, I mean, you tell me how specific you want me to be or, or what information you want or. Yeah. I work off their first name. Okay. So, um, I do people like what, like if somebody has four kids, I take them one at a time. Okay. So who's your first person? Um, Virginia. Yeah. And, um, who is she to you? It's my grandmother. Oh, is she alive? No. Okay. Um, and, in, and I ask, well, you know, you say, well, you're psychic. Why can't you tell if she's alive <laughs> or dead, right? Because um, I go back to energy is energy. And since I'm sort of straddling the fence between two worlds, a lot of the times I can't tell if they've passed or not because they come through so alive. Okay. But uh, Virginia, I, I'm not sure if this is who you're thinking of, but this woman comes through very strong. And um, she's a strong personality. She's a strong woman. Uh, she says, I had to be. <laughs> um, at certain times in my life, I didn't have a choice. Yep. I, yep. Wasn't, I wasn't sitting around eating bonbons, <laughs> um, although that would have been nice. Sure. She almost feels, I don't know if this is a word, patriarchal. <laughs> like, uh, you know, keeping the family together. Yeah. Um, very opinionated. Mm-hmm. Um, on her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whoever. Um, I have an opinion about it, and you're going to hear about it. <laughs> um, and it's not in a, in a nasty way. This is just who she is. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's a survivor. Uh, you know, she's strong. Right. And she um, feels like um, feels like she had to keep you in line. Or was that your brother? Mm. She's talking about keeping all of you sort of in line and on the, she calls it the straight and narrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you understand? Um, somewhat. Is this her or is this someone else that's... Um... I mean... This Boy, def- I feel like it's her. Yeah. Definitely I, I, could be. Should be her. Um, she feels old-fashioned. Uh-huh. And um, I mean that in a really good way because um, she looks at our world today and says, are you kidding me with all the chaos and the killing? <laughs> um, you're right. She didn't come exactly, you know, from there were struggles in my time, too, she says. You know, don't get me wrong. Hmm. Um, yeah. She says the, they weren't so in your face, you know, like that terrible shooting in South Carolina. Yeah. She says now they're just like in your face. And so that's why I ask if it's her because when other people, when you want other people from the other side to come through, like I said, um, this, you know, I don't know if this sounds like her or it could be more of like your aunt, you know, Betty who passed. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she's very strong though. Yeah. That sounds uh, more like her. Yeah, and um yeah, she watches over you, she says. And um she comes to you. Do you know that? No. Yes. 
she's showing me what she's wearing. Okay. And they do this quite often. She's wearing a dress, and I believe I believe it's I'm going to say this is the 50s. She's wearing a dress, and it falls um, obviously below the knee, but her ankles—you can—it's not a long dress. Her ankles show, and um, it's sort of a every workaday dress she calls it. And she has sh- these shoes on. They have a bit of a heel on them, but they're meant to be sensible and comfortable. And where she wears them, she's able to get things accomplished. Interesting. Um, the dress is a sort of a gray color, has three-quarter sleeves. I don't know if you have a picture of her like this somewhere. Hmm. Not that I can think of. It's not at the top of my head. I, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, she just put her hand on her hip and said, well, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, uh, yeah, I feel like the pictures, the old, there's, I feel like there's a box of old pictures and then she's in there somewhere. Yeah, she says she, um, again, she's talking about keeping you in line. Do you have a brother? I have a sister. Yeah, okay, right. She says, no, it's him. It's you. <laughs> oh, good. She's talking about. Um, and it's not that you did anything bad, but, you know, little boys are like, you know. And she's talking um, not that little. I'm not sure when she passed, but she's talking about you being 11 and 12. Makes a little more sense. Okay, anything specific you want to ask her? She's here. Um. Wow, well, she... Uh, she died about a year and a half ago. Um, it was it was very sudden, and uh, I, I guess the only you know one of the things I felt bad about is towards towards the end it got real rough, and and I felt I didn't uh, stop by enough to say what's up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, she's fine with that, Greg, and um, yeah. So she says too, you know, honey, <laughs> you know, hon, she says, if you would have stopped by every day and you just missed two days, you would have said, ugh, I, I missed those two days. So she'd rather have you focus on the times that you did stop by, which um, meant a great deal. I feel that um, she has, um, uh, she took pride in her appearance. Um, not fancy, but um, proper. Yeah. Just because she says, just because I'm not rich doesn't mean I my my dress is not clean. <laughs> you know. Um, she didn't necessarily care for the end, and didn't. And when we're talking about you know taking pride in her appearance, she really I don't know that she wanted to be seen. Not being at her best. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah, so um, it's hard to have the, you know, the people you love, especially since she knew you since you were young, and then she's aging and deteriorating, as we all do. Um, But it's hard. It's difficult. And I don't feel like she really liked, she didn't want to be a a burden, 
She didn't like being waited on. She didn't like not want, she didn't like her incapacity to do her regular, normal, everyday things. Sounds pretty so, accurate. She was happy to go. Interesting. Yeah. And if it's not accurate, tell me, because you're not going to hurt my feelings. No, sure. Yeah. No. I, I, I want the information to be clear. That's more important to me than, you know, my ego. <laughs> Fair enough. I try and keep it out of the way. <laughs> But she's wonderful, and um, she's wearing a watch on her left hand that she's showing me. Hmm. And I feel like she's, yeah, she says, um, you know this watch. I feel like it was very old. I, I almost feel like she had it on night and day. Hmm. I mean, she did always wear a watch, but hmm. I'm trying to think. Is this your, your dad's mom? No. My mom's mom? Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, unless you're talking to my dad's mom. I never met her, so I know nothing about her. Well, you know, yeah, that's why, you know, she's sort of talking about all of this. And um, <laughs> she's wagging her finger at you. Uh-oh. And she says, you know, you know. <laughs> you, why are you saying you don't know? You know. That's funny. Now I'm in trouble. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, no, no. she's, you know, I think she really has your back, and I would, I would not hesitate either if I was you to call on her as well for guidance or assistance. Okay. Okay. Anything else for her? Ah, oh, jeez, I don't know. Um... Yeah, she's talking about her things, um, furniture, jewelry things um right she laughs she goes well you know i couldn't take it with me could i you know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how she says it he's funny so i feel mm, what is she talking about some kind of furniture i don't know if it's a rocking chair yeah she's Could be a rocking just, chair. Like, my my things um yeah does sister have the rocking chair you know i don't know who has the rocking chair but okay. um I don't I don't know if there's too much information to hand out, but when I was 12, I broke her rocking chair. That was an antique that she had to have finished. Oh, yeah, thank you. See, and that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that they throw out, and I and I pass it on, and I'm like, okay, he's talking about a kayak. This happened the other day, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's with the kayak. And the uh, this gal started crying. Her dad, who had passed, who we were talking to, ran a kayaking. Uh, service on one of the rivers that runs through San Antonio, Texas. Oh, wow. And so I'm just talking about, I don't, I don't know why I'm talking about a kayak, and then she just broke down in tears. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I put my knee through her uh, her rocking chair when I was like 11 or 12. Oh. It was it was leather seat, you know, wood frame yeah. leather seat from uh, way back when, and put my knee right through it. You know, it's... You know, it's not that she, you know, she, of course, she minded that. But, what, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, that's nice. Um, but what prevails that's always interesting me uh, to me is um, the love that she has for you. That's that's what remains. Um, not the broken, broken rocking chair. Well, that's good. Yeah, there's no attachment to her. Um, 
<clears throat> she was just talking about right how her things were distributed mm -hmm. and did you get what you wanted and it seems to be like one or two items uh, I did get a couple of things um, I got I did get a piece of jewelry like you say mm -hmm. Actually, I think it was a couple pieces of jewelry Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Well, it's her, not me. Well, that that gets brought <laughs> up. Excuse me. <laughs> no, I just always want to make the distinction that you know, it it's them, and I just try and be as clear as I as possible. Yeah. So who's next? Oh, you want to do another? Okay. Um, unless unless you want to stay with uh, Virginia. I I don't think I have any questions for her. So <laughs> okay. Um, at least no more. Um, okay, one last thing from her. Yes, please. When you see things out of the, your corner of your eye, yep, and you look and there's nothing there, mm -hmm. that's her. Oh, good, because that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for creeping me out, Grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for creeping me. Oh no, uh, he didn't mean a Virginia. He was just joking. <laughs> mostly. Oh, oh freak me out. <laughs> okay, who else? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you one more, uh, Jack. Uh, this seems work related. Yes. No. Hmm. Jack. Well, uh, is he alive? No. Um. I don't have any problems with my coworkers. Man, that's weird. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're lucky. Well, this is, what I get, this is what I get when you say Jack. <clears throat> I get a, um, he's smart, he's strong, he's kind of large. And sometimes large is a metaphor for a large personality, not necessarily in stature. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, he feels... I ask work because I, I, I feel like either he was a, like a contractor or had his own had his own business um, telling people what to do. He's in charge. He's multitasking. What specific questions do you, do you have? Um, I don't know if I – I just – I kind of wanted to say what's up. I know that sounds weird, and I and I don't mean that as a joke at all or anything. Yeah, who? Tell me who he was. Th this yeah. was this was my my grandfather, Virginia's husband. Oh. He died when I was much younger. Oh yeah. Um, and 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 Virginia pipes up and she says, "Yeah, two peas in a pod." <laughs> but it's interesting. It's very interesting, Greg, because um, um. They had an interest, interesting way of relating. Um, a little, not mushy, not lovey-dovey. Mm -hmm. Not that they were fighting, but they, gosh, they both seem so realistic to me. And, um, you know, let's just tell it like it is. Sure. And this is how they feel. They made a wonderful pair. Right. Yeah, but they seem to be bumping heads quite a bit. When they were alive, hmm. but it, but it was just kind of their way. It wasn't serious, like we're screaming at each other. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think so. Right, and so 
Virginia pops in here and she says, you know, ultimately the, the, the foundation of our marriage was a, a respect for one another. Hmm. Feel like they had similar childhood, uh, similar upbringing. Tell me a little something more about Jack so I can grab onto him. Was uh, he a very large man, tall? No, you know, um, by the time I was old enough to remember anything, he was in a wheelchair oh. already. Okay. Hmm. Because in his younger days, he feels, he uses the word robust. Hmm. Almost, and I, almost like he was like, um, he feels very strong to me when he was younger. And um, he has like different, I, I, I keep getting like farming that's coming up. Um, yeah, very smart and savvy business-wise. Interesting. But, yeah, right, because he pipes up and he says, well, yeah, that's because I worked, you know, 18 hours a day um, <laughs> to, you know, create that, you know. Um, yeah, he's, you know, yeah. Virginia, your grandmother shows, you know, because she, you know, the feminine... Um, very uh, loving towards you. Jack is, but in a very manly way. He's sort of, I would call him a man's man. Okay. Is that true? Because um. <laughs> if this not, if, if it's not, this could be someone else. I, it, it's interesting. I was, I was uh, four and five when both grandfathers died. Okay. And okay. so I'm trying to, uh, you know, remember all the details. Yeah. Off the bat, it it sounds a little more like my other grandfather, who I who I didn't really know very well at all. What was his name? Uh, Bill. That's Dad's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm. This may be your guide piping up. It's. It's. I feel like they're from the same era. What, who's the drinker? One of them was a drinker. Hmm. I, I feel more like it's Bill. And I'm not Ro saying he's an alcoholic. <laughs> but it, it seems like Jack like is like, no. And Bill was a little bit more like, yeah, let's have a few drinks. Possibly. I, you know, I really don't know. Yeah. A little too you, young you for that You might want to check with your mom. Yeah. I wouldn't, there... I wouldn't be surprised if that was the way it went down, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with with these four people that you, or three that you mentioned, um, Jack is really, he's like really on the straight and narrow. Um, gosh, he's just such a hard worker. Um, all three of them, I get a certain uh, temperament, character, and integrity of that time. Hmm. Um, working hard, doing what they can. Just, you know, you do what you had to do. They say, you know, Jack says, you know, I did what I had to do to care for my family. Yeah. That's that's what we did. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. What's the big deal, you know? Yeah. Has anybody passed who's, uh, I hope not, more of a, a contemporary to you, a friend or anything like that? Um... I mean, I had a friend kill himself in high school. Yeah, those are always rough. Yeah. 
So nobody in your current life then, huh? You can't delve into any of your personal life? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the good news is not a lot of people are dying <laughs> in my personal life. Oh, that's life. good. So that's very good. <laughs> that's yes. good. Uh, you know, my, my, step, my stepfather's dad passed away a few years ago. Um, I'm trying to think of the funerals I've been to. Just Dude, um, did you know this man? Stepfather's um, dad? Yeah. Uh, who is a, a little bit on the mean side? Ornery. Mean as in malicious Crank- or mean as in jokester? Cranky. Cranky. That would probably be Bill. Wow. They're, you're, uh, let me see. But your stepfather's still alive, yes? Oh, yeah. What's his name? Mike. And his dad that passed? Uh-huh. What was his first oh, name? His, uh, Ed. Yeah. This is who it is. This is Ed. Interesting. Um, Ed seems very... Um, I'm sorry, Ed. Um, yeah, he says not so much now that I'm, I'm here, but he just kind of like... Oh, well, it should be this way, and it's not. He's just sort of <laughs> grousing about things and just kind of like, well, no, it's okay, you know. And I don't know if this was just towards the end when he wasn't feeling well, because when you don't feel well, life just kind of sucks. Sure, yeah. But he's coming through kind of cranky and crabby. <laughs> um, but he's where he's at now, he says no more of that. Well, that's good. Um, and along with the cranky and crabbiness, um, you could always ask your stepdad if you wanted to. Just I feel frustration from him. I feel like he was lo- he knew he was losing control of his body. That is the aging. Interesting. Did, did not dig that at all. <laughs> felt felt out of control. Not a good feeling for him. Was looking forward to leaving because hmm. the quality is his worst my quality of life okay what you know it's like what stick around for what you know you have some very interesting people over there because they're also <laughs> still they're also strong you know that's good i mean i guess i think you come from hardy stock <laughs> <laughs> uh, i hope that's a good thing do you get along with mike yeah oh yeah Mm-hmm. yeah and was this, um, I get, um, um, what's his name? Ed. Um, was this, I feel like it took um, a year and a half or so, this sickness. Um, like, yeah. He's talking about just feeling like really crappy. Um, I, I don't know. He, he actually died very suddenly. He, he took a nap on the couch and never woke up. Oh, wow, that's really nice. I wish yeah. I I hope I go that way. I know, I know. Everyone was sad, I was jealous. I don't I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, then he must be talking about his how old was he? That's a great question. Um in his 80s? Yeah. Then then this is what he's cranky about because that's a great way to go. Right. Okay, the guides are arguing with me. They say no. <laughs> They're um it was a huge blessing that he went and, and he passed the way he did. But there was some sickness, some, there was something going on in his body. Okay. And he <laughs> hated going to the doctor, might have to drag him to the doctor. <laughs> he knew there was something wrong. 
And he thought, you know, at this age and at this point, what? Who cares? You know, I'm not. I'm not going to go through chemo and radiation. I'm like eighty something. It's like, yeah, forget it. Yeah. And besides that, I feel like I'm eighty, and it's not a lot of fun to be this old. I can imagine. And so this is the slice that he's showing me. Then he he wants me to add too. He says. Um, you know, he says everything you're saying, I'm saying now it makes him sound like, like I'm being negative. And, um, he, he, he's not all that. He, he's just sharing that portion of himself with you. Okay. I, yeah, he's like, he says, you know, I didn't mean to infer that, you know, I was just a pain in the rear end all the time and all cranky because there were, were other sides to him where he was not. Uh, what he's talking about is his end of life and the aging of the physical body and stuff. Okay. He just hated that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice bunch of people. That's good. Yeah. No one's being mean. No, mm -mm. no. I feel everybody's at, um, at peace. Hmm. Did Mike? Did your stepdad uh, get the resolution that he needed and wanted before his dad passed? I don't know. You may not be aware of this. Yeah, that's why you say. I feel like there was a little bit of a rift there. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, and you could say this to Mike, or you could ignore it. It depends on how it would be received. Sure. If it's if it's awkward, don't say it, um, because Ed says, you know, all of that is um, ancient history, and I love you, and I've always loved you, and so let's focus on that, and not when we were butting heads. Hmm. It seems like a very old, long-standing argument that they had. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to ask. Yeah, if you ask, don't you know? I, I only if you feel comfortable. If not, sure. just let it go. Yeah. Because Ed says, you know, oh, we're such silly humans sometimes, and we <laughs> argue over these silly things, and you know, and he loves he loves Mike very much, you know. So maybe you could just say that that's all coming from you. There we go. <laughs> he might look at me funny. I had a dream, Mike. <laughs> yeah. What do you Tell think of this? Your, Tell me about your dad. This is what I get. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can't think of any if there's anybody else. I can't really think of any other questions. Do you feel like we've covered everything? Or Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I can't think of anything else. Okay. I guess... Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's appropriate. Thank everyone for their, their time or, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will. Because um, if I don't, they will hang around. Oh, really? Well, yeah. They're like, <laughs> well, you brought us in. So, <laughs> so I, I thank them and I bless them and I ask them to return. And I'm, you know, I hope it wasn't an interruption. I hope I answered some of your questions and... Yeah, I think this was this was a, a lot of fun and very interesting, and and um, <laughs> I had you know I honestly had no idea what to expect walking into it. So yeah, 
It was it was very interesting for me. I've I've never done any sort of readings of any sort or not even Miss Cleo. Miss <laughs> Cleo. <laughs> so so no, I, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you doing everything, doing all that. Absolutely. So thanks again to Lorna Adams for doing this, for doing the reading. That was very nice of her to do that for me. Uh, you can get her at lornaadams.com. You can sign up for a reading. You can contact her there. She is more than willing to answer any of your questions. She's really, really nice. A lot of fun. Worth the 30 minutes or the 60 minutes, depending on what you do, to uh, spend an evening with her. So check her out. And don't forget, her book is called They Are With Us, Advice from Spirit on Changing Your Life. And you know how to do that. Click through the banner if you're going to buy it, which you should. And as promised, joining me on the phone right now is my mother. Hello, mother. Hi, Greg. How's it going? Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so you listened to the reading part of the, the episode. I did. So I need you to, to verify or deny things for me. Um, so we'll just start from the top. Some things she mentioned about Virginia, who would be my grandmother, your mother. Um, right. She said she's kind of the patriarch of the family. Um, very opinionated. She's a survivor. Those were all very accurate. Uh, she was a survivor. Whatever life threw at her, she just dealt with it and went on. She kept moving. She was she was like a bulldog. She just kept pushing you with her little head. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the one that got me was uh, Lorna said she she feels she had to keep me in line. Mm-hmm. Is that seem? I don't. I wasn't a bad kid, was I? You weren't a bad kid. Um, you were a really good kid, but all right. It's all I needed you for. Good night. <laughs> yeah. She uh, she liked to make sure you were growing up right. Yeah. She wanted to um, to make sure you turned out to be a good person, and so she would. Uh, put in her two cents worth to whatever the situation was to make sure that you knew what was right and what was wrong. The only thing in regards to that, the only thing I could think of as far as keeping me in line was mm -hmm. anytime I got near an edge and she would rip my arm off trying to pull me away from it. <laughs> That's true. It was not and just then, once. <laughs> And then she was going to beat you with it after she ripped it off. I'm going to rip your arm and beat you with it if you don't get away from that ledge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's true. I hadn't thought of that. And that's very accurate. Yeah. Um, she said she was very old-fashioned. Hmm. I don't know. Um, in some ways, yes. In other ways, um, she was very progressive. Um. She was old-fashioned in, in her beliefs and her values. Um, you know, she didn't want she didn't want to hear a lot of cussing or go to movies that had a lot of um, vulgarity in it. But but her um, but I feel like in a lot of ways she was also very progressive. She mm -hmm. was very modern. Okay. Um, one thing that she that Lorna was really harping on was that apparently uh, she kept telling her about a, a certain dress and she described the the dress as uh, below the knee, but you could still see the ankles. It was gray with three quarter sleeves. 
Um, and she would wear sensible and comfortable shoes, but with a bit of a heel. Does this mean anything? You know, I, I couldn't think of anything. Um, I have a picture of her when she was young and dating my dad. Um, and she has a dress that length on. And the sleeves are that length. But... Um, the dress means nothing to me, the dress you described. The one in the picture I have of her with my dad at very young, it's a very light-colored dress that looks like it's probably white. Um, so I can't really come up with anything. Um, it doesn't mean anything in, that I can relate it to. Yeah, I, I found a picture where... And it's still not totally accurate to the description, but she is wearing a dark skirt about the right length mm -hmm. and a plaid, I don't know what you'd call it, a jacket or something. Uh-huh. Do you know? And she's she's with Grandpa holding his hand and he's smiling like a dork. Oh, yeah. I know that picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's the closest thing I could think of, but I don't know if there's any accuracy to that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that wasn't gray by any means. That was um, kind of uh, had some pinks and, uh, you know, light colors in it. But um, I don't know. I, I couldn't, re couldn't really think of something that fitted exactly. I could think of some things that somewhat fit it, but... Um, yeah, then I thought of her her dress that she wore to her wedding um, to her second husband after my dad died. And that was a very bright colored dress. Um, so I don't know. I really couldn't think of anything specific that matched it perfectly. All right. Well, that doesn't. Not everything needs to be true here. Maybe some of it yeah. won't be. Um, yeah. Said she took pride in her appearance. She's not fancy, but proper. To me, that's yeah. not accurate. Yeah. Yeah. She always, <laughs> she always combed her hair, put on her lipstick. Um, she wouldn't go out looking a mess. Um, she liked to wear um, nice clothes. Not fancy, but nice. She always had to look nice and um, yeah, that's very accurate. Even as a kid, I remember we would go pick my dad up from work when I was 10 years old and we would sit in the car and wait for him to come out and she always put on her lipstick before he got to the car. Hmm. So, you know, her appearance was important to her. Um, one of the last things before she died, I remember she had her brush and comb close by her, and she kept brushing her hair. She wanted her hair to look nice. So it was one of the last things that she was able to um, help in her appearance was to brush her hair, and she did that several times. Um, toward the end. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, this sounded pretty accurate. 
Uh, she said she didn't want to be a burden, didn't like being waited on, and did not like being able, did not like not being able to do normal everyday things. Right. Yeah, that would be completely her. Um, now she was always independent, and um, and she had even told me in the past if her health ever deteriorated. She did not want to be kept alive just to be alive. She didn't have any interest in being kept on machines or um, not being able to get around and do what she wanted to do. So, Um, One thing she mentioned a lot was apparently she was telling Lorna about a watch, a certain watch that she wore all the time. Mm -hmm. Were there any... Any special watches? You know, it's funny. She had three watches that come to mind. And she always wore a watch. I can, in fact, she always had that tan line from being outdoors so much and always wearing a watch. Yeah. Um, she had a watch just the last few years that we have here in the house. Um but my whole childhood growing up, she had just a regular old gold Timex. And um, <laughs> in fact, I know you've probably seen the pictures and heard the stories of how my dad fixed it. He uh, he and his brother went out in the garage to fix her Timex. All it needed was a new battery. And oh, the yeah. two of them, joking around took that watch out in the garage and fixed it by driving a screwdriver right through the face <laughs> of it. <laughs> it sounds about right. So, um, so, you know, maybe that was it. Maybe that was the watch because uh, we have pictures of that watch hanging from my dad's toolbox with that screwdriver right through the face of it. <laughs> And it was just a little cheap Timex, but, um, you know, she had had it for years, and they weren't people to waste money, so um, she was irritated when he did that. (laughs) I'm sure. And then there was a third watch, and that was one she had bought herself, I believe, and it was Southwest with um, the Southwest stones on it. Oh, um, Indian style. Yeah. Not Southwest uh-huh. Airlines. No, no. <laughs> yeah, with the um the blue stone, turquoise stone and um you know, that type of look to it. But yeah. uh but the one, the Timex, that one sure has a story to it, so well, maybe that's it. Yeah. This kinda got in there. She was mentioning things, you know, did things get dispersed properly amongst the kids and the grandkids? Uh, she mentioned jewelry again, furniture, uh, and then she mentioned a chair. Yeah. And for those don't, that don't know me personally, there was a rocking chair, a very old rocking chair from, what, 1800s? Yes, exactly. Uh, it but, was her grandmother's, I believe. Yeah, that she had in her living room, and it was so old it had one of those leather seats. It wasn't a totally wood seat. And right. I didn't know it, and I just put my knee right through it. Right. So yeah, that had to be fixed, uh, restored, I guess. Yeah, that was crazy because that chair, 
um, once that ha- you always liked sitting in it when you were little, I guess because it was a rocking chair. Yeah. Um, but that chair, ever since your knee went through it, will always be connected to you and your grandmother because um, because of that incident. You know that was always something between you and her. Now that connected you guys to that rocking chair. Right. I was the idiot who broke it. You were. So she got it fixed. So now it's, um, it'll be your chair someday because she would have wanted you to have it. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about bringing up all the stuff of dispersing, you know, uh, when she first died, we all kind of got a few things and, and kind of left it at that. Now, right. this was this interview was recorded, was recorded uh, close to two months ago. Uh, spoiler alert, right. everybody. And <laughs> now, within the last couple of weeks, you and other siblings and family members have actually gone and gone through more of her stuff and mm-hmm. have started dispersing it more. So it's very interesting. That, and look, you can you can make ties or not, but it's very interesting that uh, a couple months ago she was, you know, quote unquote, very concerned about us getting the proper things, and now. Mm. Here we are going through things. Yeah, that is interesting because um, we didn't want to go in and take it out of the house and and leave her husband with no furniture or, you know, take away the, the things that would have comforted him. So we left it, and um, he's actually called us for about the last two months asking us to come over and pick up some things that he wanted us to have. And the chair was one of those things. He was afraid that um, it might get damaged or something might be might go wrong with it, and he wanted it to get to us. He said he knew it would mean something to us to have her items. So um, just in the last two weeks, we brought the rocking chair home, and some of her other uh, items, um, antiques that were hers, um, knickknacks that were hers, um, things that were very much part of her and her history, even things from her childhood. So we had left them there for a year and a half and now have just brought them home now. So it is interesting that she was concerned about where they were. She didn't want some other idiot breaking a rocking chair again. I guess. <laughs> it was quite a job to get it fixed. So. Yeah. The, the other thing that creeped me out possibly the most, and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can't really speak to this because this is me, but she told me, uh, you know when you see things out of the corner of your eye? Yeah. Like, yes, I see that all the time. And you look and there's nothing there? Yes, that happens quite often. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for creeping me out. My my favorite part about that part was when I said, uh, thank you for creeping me out. She says to Grandma, uh, he's just joking. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> she knows that. <laughs> Creepy. Um, so then we moved on, and this was where, especially for me, I, I knew less and less, so the details got a little blurrier, and it seemed like mm-hmm. people were maybe potentially molding into the other person. So then she said, who else would you like to talk to? I said, Jack, who is my grandfather, your father, Virginia's first husband. Um, 
she started saying he comes across as smart and strong and kind of large, but she said that could be large personality. Well, he wasn't a big man. He was 5'9", right. 5'8". So, no, he wasn't large, but his personality was huge. And um, and, it, and it continues. It lives on still. You know, the stories. Um, he just always had a story for whatever it was. And um, so his personality was huge. Yeah. Um, she said that the two of them had an interesting way of relating and they were not mushy or lovey-dovey. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I can remember them hugging a lot growing up. Um, so, I mean, they weren't like mushy where you would ask them, please stop. You. But, um... Yeah, I mean, they were a mom and a dad, so I I don't know that I would really, um, I don't know how I would categorize how they related to each other that way. Yeah. Did they bump heads a lot? She said that. Uh, mm, I can't, they didn't argue a lot. I remember one or two arguments, you know, that were... Enough, a sizable enough that as a kid I noticed it, but um, I don't know. I don't remember them arguing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what else? She said. Uh, she said he was a hard worker, which I mean, that's not real specific. She mm-hmm. said that he was a man's man. I don't know if he was a real, you know, I wouldn't put him in the category of a real tough guy. No, I wouldn't at all. Um, he was mushy. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> I guess, manly thing, he liked to go fishing, if you want to call that manly. Right, um, yeah. And and then she brought up, was he a drinker? And I don't know at all, was he a drinker? He was not. He would, his brothers and he would um, get together once a month or so. And they would go out to play shuffleboard. And um, all the women and kids would stay home together. And they were, he was one of eight brothers. And they would get together, go out drinking, and go play shuffleboard. But he was not a big drinker. Uh, some of them were bigger drinkers than he was. Um he probably drank more there than he ever did, but yeah, other than that one night a month, he was not a big drinker. He'd he'd have a beer every once in a while, but that was about it. Yeah. Was, uh, I don't know if you know, and you can say if you do or don't, was Bill, my father's father, a drinker? I can't say I would absolutely know the answer on that. And not that I know of, he didn't drink. Yeah, her her description that I even said on the show were, were kind of starting to sound more like Bill, you know, big tough guy, and I don't know if he drank or not, but he's you know real mean and grumpy or whatever. And I said that doesn't that sounds more like Bill. You know, then she started asking if there's anyone else that died recently. I brought up Mike, uh, you know, my stepfather, your current husband. His father died, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Talked about him. I don't remember him being a cranky guy. Was he a cranky guy? 
No, no, he wasn't a cranky guy. Um, he was um, super smart. He was real smart, and um, I would have never put him as cranky, um, especially all the years that I knew him. He was not at all. Yeah, um, and and this is nothing we can really. Uh, confirm or deny, but she said he felt frustrated and was losing control of his body from aging and had some underlying illness, but hated the doctor. So he wouldn't go. Yeah. I couldn't know that because, um, he died suddenly and, um, I don't think he liked going to the doctor. I know when he was in his thirties or forties, he was told, he needed to lower his cholesterol and he quit eating things that he perceived as raising his cholesterol. He just a hundred percent quit eating it because they told him he needed to and he didn't want to have any health issues. So he just quit. And I don't think he likes to go into the doctor. Um, but who does, but who does? <laughs> and, uh, so, um, so, uh, you know, there'd be no way that we would know. I know that the last month or two he was alive, um, He his eyes looked more tired and droopy. He was 87. And well, there's your problem. <laughs> he had um, a sore on his forehead that we had decided... We had talked about, and if it didn't go away, we were going to try and get him to go to the doctor. And, of course, before that happened, then he passed away. Mm. It seemed like there was something going on, obviously. You don't just drop dead from nothing. Right. Um, but we we would never know what it was. Yeah. All right. And the final thing is, and I don't know if you would know anything about this or not, she she said that uh, she wanted to know if Mike got his resolution from his dad that he wanted before he passed, that they were apparently butting heads or had an argument about something. No, no, um, they hadn't had any argument. Um, the, the only thing I could think of is um, as a younger person, you know, he was always busy and didn't spend the time with his dad like he wished he had later in life. But um, he was just getting to the point where he was starting to spend more time with his dad when his dad passed away. So um, there there was no argument or anything specific that I know of. Yeah. Um, So just just a busy life takes you and you have your own family and children and wife and you're busy with them. So you don't spend the time with him that maybe you wished you had. Yeah. Life happens. Right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, thank you for confirming and denying these. Okay. Okay. Well, it was sure interesting to listen to for sure. Yes. Uh, and everybody let me know what you think. And I, I've even been uh, getting text messages and family. As we record this, obviously, it's before we release the show. Family members are dying to hear this one. So I'm yeah, excited exactly. to have you guys here. So uh, on that note, thank you very much. 
Okay. And uh, talk at you later. Okay. Bye. So there you have it. That's my mom. Thanks to my mom for coming on there. Thanks again to Lorna Adams for joining us. Don't forget to check out Lorna at LornaAdams.com. And once again, her book, which if you click through the Amazon banner on IWantToKnowShow.com, is called They Are With Us, Advice from Spirit on Changing Your Life. Thanks again to you guys for listening to us. On our next episode, just in time for September 11th, I'm going to have Marcus Allen, who's a big September 11th conspiracy theorist, he hosts the blog TruthIn7Minutes.com. It's seven with the number seven, not spelled out. TruthIn7Minutes.com. You can find him on Twitter at TruthIn7Minutes. If you look for September 11th hoax, if you just Google it, September 11th hoax, TruthIn7Minutes, you will find all of his stuff. And I will also have links up on the I Want to Know show Facebook. He has some very interesting theories and evidence as to why he thinks September 11th was a big hoax. I think you guys are going to find this one very interesting, whether you believe them or not. Everyone I talked to before the interview were really on the fence. They may have believed mostly one way, but still were willing to listen to uh, the other side of the story. So this is a really good interview. We actually got a little off topic. We talked about all sorts of things, but really dove into that September 11th hoax. And I hope you guys find it very interesting. I hope you found Lorna Adams very interesting. It was very, I don't know the word, strange. Uh, different for me to have the reading done. I'd never done that before. Some of the things she said about my grandma were a little creepy in a good way, I guess. So anyways, I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Once again, you can get us at IWantToKnowShow.com. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash IWantToKnowShow. On Twitter, it's at IWantToKnowShow. Go follow us and like us on there. You can email the show, IWantToKnowPod at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends to check us out. Thanks for listening, and on that note, good night, everybody. <laughs>